What's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast, powered by Rolling Thunder Game Calls. I'm your host, Hunter Farrier, joining you a little differently today, but nevertheless joining you with the usual co-host, Austin Seals. Um, this episode is going to have a, a couple of curveballs, I guess you could say, thrown at you. One being that, uh, that this will be our first try at co-hosting a podcast while a good, I'd say... 300 miles away, 500 miles away. Seals is in Mississippi, and um, I'm in Georgia for the first time that we've we've tried to do this. I did one last week by myself, and it didn't feel right, so I had to get Seals back on here. We're doing it via phone call. You there, Seals? I'm here. How have you been? Pretty good. A lot of moving, a lot of logistical planning going on between moving a bunch of stuff from Mississippi to to Georgia and, and getting settled in and getting stuff ready for a pretty exciting spring and and uh catching up on a few renovations and stuff in the meantime when I can what little meantime I've had and just uh adjusting more than anything to the uh the time change as the, as the first text messages I think we've ever had to kind of coordinate something you know using Mississippi time and Georgia time yeah you've been an hour ahead kind of kind of threw me off. He texted me and said we'd go on at nine. I was like, is that Hunter's nine? Is that my nine or what? <laughs> yep. Nice. Something we're going to get used to among many other things, but uh, good to hear from you. And and we did catch up a little bit before we uh, hit the record button. Just uh, been a been a minute. And um, got a pretty good guest on the line today. Uh, one that's the, kind of the second curveball is I know our last few have had some very familiar names in the industry between uh, David Holly, Dave Owens, Brad Ferris, and the NWTF, and today we've got uh, our buddy Land. Land Smathers is his name, local legend and critter finder from uh, swamps in Mississippi. Just he's one of those guys that you kind of you kind of keep up with. And of course, we've known him for years and and have kept up with him and. And, and see him here and there, different extravaganzas, trade shows and stuff like that, or even shoot at a gas station pump every now and then, run into him, and, and one that you'll wind up t- swapping turkey hunting stories with for an hour if you if you don't watch your watch. And, and a guy that, to this day, I don't know how he is not worldly famous for the for the stuff he does when he goes hunting, and he's just a guy that's got a knack for finding really all animals, uh, but especially uh, turkeys and some some pretty good deer this past year and the years before, and I think uh, we did. He he did wind up on the the Hunt Public podcast one day. You remember that, Seals? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, like you said, he, if there's something you can hunt, trap, kill, track, and do it. Shoot, well, yeah. yeah, good at it. Um, so I thought it'd be pretty cool to, to have him hop on and, and just, I'm, I'm looking forward to one of those. You want to pick the brain to, uh, to the, the realest sense of just, you know, you could sit there and ask him off the wall questions or some of the most common questions. And I feel like he's going to have as good of answers as any. And, um, I feel like he's about our age, really. Um, you'd think he's, you know, been in the woods for 60 years, but, um, but he's got enough stories to probably account for it. But now he's about our age and, and grew up around us and, 
and one that I'm I'm looking forward to talking to. It's been a while since I've talked to old Land, but we will knock out a couple updates real quick before we hop on the phone because I am an hour ahead of y'all. I need to make sure I get this Joker edited before midnight rolls around so we can have it published. The uh, the MG collection, those uh, T-shirts, they're now available at springlegion.com, Meliage Galapava. Pretty comfortable tee. It's the first one we've used um, in this kind of certain style. And I wanted to check it out and pretty excited with how they turned out. Got that, and we do also have a closeout collection. Got a little discount or a little sale going on with the stuff that we kind of have left over from uh, from the winter and the summer, and, and that being anything from some of those throwback hats to uh, some Comfort Colors T-shirts to those uh, green and black hoodies that we released around Black Friday maybe or Cyber Monday or something like that. We still got, you know, we might have sold out of three of the sizes, but we still got a good bit of, you know, extra larges in one of these hoodies and no mediums, but we've got larges and two X's in this uh, pocket tee. So we knocked down the prices on a good bit of that, trying to just clear some shelf space before spring rolls around. So if you hadn't grabbed any of those, make sure you take advantage of the situation and, and grab them while they're discounted. And, and we're just trying to get them off the shelf. So they're, you know, priced about as low as we can allow. Let's see what else we got. Oh, yeah, the live podcast in Starkville, Mississippi. Coming up right after the convention, uh, February 23rd, with our buddies Lake and Jordan at Primo's Hunting. Going to be up there at Rick's Cafe, February 23rd. Is that That's a Wednesday, right, Seals? Yeah, that's the Wednesday after uh, we get back from the convention. That's going to be a fun one, too. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that, as well as the convention itself, the NWTF Convention and Sports Show, February 17th through 19th at the Opera Land in Nashville, Tennessee. We will be there at booth 304. Come and find us. Seals has been working alongside the uh, the MVP of this entire booth, which would be uh, Mr. Donald Seals. He's a he's a master at it, and so he's been they've been knocking out some some shells and, and display stuff that we're going to be using up there in Nashville. And and I've got a couple pictures as a sneak peek on how they're going to look, and I'm blown away, but by, by how he's able to kind of take an idea and run with it like that. So. We'll be up there. We'll have a podcast booth. Talk to uh, our buddy Gary Stanton this morning. He's going to be up there giving us a hand on the on the booth side of stuff, and a couple more people will be. And because um, Seals and I will be having to be all over the place, and we're going to try to line out an itinerary of when we'll actually be in the booth to make sure that we're able to to see everybody that wants to swing by and say hello, or you know, just shake hands, talk turkey, get a book signed, anything like that. We'll have some definite times that we'll be there, as well as you know. A little bit of hit or miss between them, just between the podcast booth and the real booth and the award show that we're that we'll be doing. But we'll be there nevertheless, and looking forward to it. Um, you got anything else, Seals, or is that it? That's all I can think of. You're usually the update guy. I, know. I think you hit about all of it, but it just for people. I mean, we got we tell them three or four all the time. Um, you know, when you walk in the when you walk in the door, and you walk through exhibit the exhibit hall entrance. If you were to walk straight, you would walk straight into our booth. Right. It's uh, it's literally as soon as you come to the hall entrance, you walk straight, and we're that corner booth right there. Yep. So, I know. I know when you say three hundred four, I had to go back and look. Does that mean three hundred four means nothing to me? Oh, but yeah. just repeat like I am. As soon as you walk into the exhibit hall, we're straight ahead. Yeah, and, and we'll be right there at the gate at the entrance, and I think that's the exit too. So for a little bit of a warning, so anybody that swings by says, all right, I'm going to look around. I'll come back and buy something in a minute. you got to walk right past this to get out of the place. So 
be careful what you promise because might have to call you out. Or seal it might put seal right. on. But all right, let's get, let's see old Land and see if he'll answer. We'll give him a call right quick. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> What's happening, Land? You hear us all right? What's up, girls? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm here. Y'all all hear me? Oh, yeah, I got you. Loud and clear. Land, what you been up to, man? You ready for turkey season? I can't wait. They're already gobbling up here. Oh, really? Yep. Not heavy, but, you know, they give you a couple loud and clears off daylight. That's about it. That's all you need to get your blood running, I feel like. That's right. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> well, um, we done giving you as good of an introduction as we could in the intro, but um, but you got some pretty big shoes to fill. We had some the past few guests were some pretty widely known folks, way bigger than Seals or I, and um, and we were able to get a little knowledge from. Them, and I was sitting here thinking today. I said, you know, we were, I was talking to Seals about some some of the topics we could we could cover, and and um, and then we had a little thing on instagram asking folks to to shoot us some and and um and i think it sounds like everybody's trying to get their mind right getting ready for the preparations in turkey season and i thought man there ain't nobody out out of anybody whether they're they got a show on the outdoor channel or you know they got a handful of trophies in their on their mantle there ain't nobody i'd rather call than lance mathers when it comes to finding critters where critters are not easily Come found on. yeah well, I ain't no good. I just I've had a I've been fortunate enough to have you know some pretty good role models kind of guide me along. That I've learned some things from, so I'm nothing special. But well, taking a lot of what I've I've seen along the way and just kind of pieced it into my little here and there's. Well, that's that's what makes up a lot of good seasons is a bunch of here and there's coming together and and. Uh, and, and like you said, the the passed down knowledge, whether it be our own or somebody else's, and 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 I think it's safe to say that everybody's kind of got those mentors. And I know you you have personally had some sure enough good ones, just from uh, the, some of the places you've been and folks you've worked with. You did a little bit of stint with uh, some call making mouth calls, maybe. Yeah, I did. Uh, I built calls and filmed some hunts for guy. Most people never heard of. He's kind of a nobody. His name's Preston Pittman. That does um, ring a bell. Yeah, he. You might have heard of him over the years. He's kind of a, a local guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he he's a uh, he's a killer for sure. Man. But I've I've had a I've had the privilege of tagging along with my my granddad, who's a he's a more of the old school mindset. You know, sit down in a spot where you scouted and found turkeys and you just basically, if you know they're there, you sit and you shut up and you sit still and he'll give them, you know, he had the old scratch box style call with the little, it's like a four inch stick with a, a little, it looks like a match box kind of, mm-hmm. and you just scrape that box against it and he'd give it the old three yelps and maybe a little cluck and you know, five or ten note cut every now and then. He'd drop that thing, he'd pick his gun up, and he'd put his, his cheek to it, and he'd sit still for 
God knows how long. long way too long for me. But uh, he's killed way too many turkeys doing that over the years. And, of course, my Uncle Spencer, he's a he's a killer, too. I've had the privilege of going along with him a couple times. And his uh, son, Ross, is my cousin. He's kind of – he moved back over here not long – a couple – last year, really. And he's kind of taken up the addiction. He's actually sitting right beside me right now. We're in the truck headed back. We've been playing cards. Car over playing. At the camp house for a while. We're headed back to the house now. Yeah. Heck yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, hang, hanging around Preston is kind of a, it's a trip, but he's all fun and games until it gets to be turkey time. Then he's all business. And I've learned a lot from that guy. He's a, he's a wealth of knowledge for sure. Heck yeah. And then that business, business is good when it comes to uh, to killing turkeys for uh, Mr. Pittman. So, I mean, that's, you know, you you, you envy somebody that, that has had an opportunity like that because I know how much you were able to, to gain from him as well as the, you know, you combine that with the, the no, family no. members and it's bound yeah. bound for good times. Yeah, you put you take all, everything you learn, you kind of mix that old school with the, the new school and kind of hybridize it and it turns into just a mecca for turkey killing information, I guess you could say. And the, and the ability to learn a lot of a lot of folks are, I say the, the term loosely, not in you know in a derogatory sense of ignorant, but like ignorance to learning is a, you know that's a crutch for a lot of people, and and a lot of folks go in there and they just they count them as, I won today, I lost today, I I, I didn't kill a turkey or I did kill a turkey, and the ones that go in there and and go in there trying to learn from you know, the folks that they're with or the folks that are telling the story, you know, some people listen to them for entertainment. Some people listen to them thinking, man, you know, that did happen to me one time. And, you know, maybe I need to try this out or, or not try this as much and stuff like that. And, and that, that's a, that's a keen trait to have in the woodsmanship, you know, kind of tool belt. And I think, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious you got that trait. You was born with it. No, it's the most important thing. If you're not learning, you ain't, you ain't progressing as yep. hunters. You, know? you got that right. Well, um, let's see. We got a we got a few of those uh, little bullet points that we never seem to always complete, but we at least hit a couple of them before we get out any rabbit holes. And I hope we do get out some because I know you've got a pocket full of those as well. I did want to, and this was one of the the little topics that that was probably most requested by the, the folks to kind of respond to our stories and stuff like that on Instagram um, when we do request topics. Um, there were some really good ones in there. I'm going. to Keep a keep a good bit of these. I don't know how long those last on the little story archives or whatever, but they had there's some yeah. folks asking about the mossy headed turkey and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I could, I've got some, you know all these theories and off the wall stuff. And I was like, we might want to save those for another day because we'd be talking until the episode is supposed to publish. But the most common one was obviously just preseason prep, um, anything from scouting and, and what we're doing now and and kind of my. Re- I don't really have a routine for preseason stuff. I, I'm one of those, and I'm kind of particular about it. Is is I don't, I don't practice calling much. I get scared. I'm gonna mess up more stuff than I will help it. Um, <laughs> you know the preseason stuff. I throw one here, throw a mouth call in here or there, and I'm like, well, it sounds the same, and I don't want to, you know, lose it or drop it or mess it up. And you know, you've you've already found one you like, and I'll try to find one that's you know similar and and kind of throw it in a separate little bag or something like that in my call pouch and. I spend a lot of time just, yeah. you know, looking at on X hunt wise, all that stuff, trying to find, 
new places or or even the places that I've already been, just kind of trying to re-image that, you know, kind of pull those images back in my mind. And, you know, I wonder if this has grown up too much. You know, stuff I might need to check out, but but I know you're a you're a pretty big dude on, on the whole finding the – I know you find deer like nobody's business, but I know it also applies to turkeys. Um, just getting in there and finding scout what you look for and – and, and whether it be public, private, anything, uh, just any kind of routines that you have when it comes to, to finding birds. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably going to be, I don't really know that you could put a number to it, but at least 90% of it is mm-hmm. just knowing where the turkeys are. Um, this time of year, it's tough. Like, I guess right now it's February 7th. So you're kind of in that in-between. They, they, you might have, of course, they're going to be, you know, flocked up, mm-hmm. gobblers are going to be separate from hens and whatnot. But there's also that little bit of intermingling right now going on where you might have a flock of hens with two strutters out, you know, following them around. Yep. Even though the, the hens are paying them no attention whatsoever, but they're still just strutting right behind them because they know they just, they have that, they know what's coming. And uh, then you throw a couple warm, yeah. You get you throw a couple warm days on top of that. And it's just it's they know what's going on, but most importantly would be looking for those areas that. Um, a lot of times, this time of year, you may have a lot of turkeys on your say deer lease or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're going to vary specifically to locations with the food that's i mean it's just like deer hunting no different you need to find food the hot food sources Mm -hmm. and kind of anticipating what that's going to be in the springtime with those buds or just preferable nesting areas um could be cutovers tickets whatever you want to call them at adjacent to open hardwoods where the food is and then maybe some open fields where the bugs will be, you know, popping about, I don't know, April to early to mid-April when those bugs really start mm-hmm. getting hot. Um, as far as finding turkeys, you're going to hit that transition probably late February, early March, where you'll start. I, I typically don't start to listen to where I'm going to be hunting until at least March. Because mm-hmm. you'll hear, I mean, even in deer season, I'm sure you've been out in the woods and you'll hear a turkey gobble just randomly in January or December. That doesn't really mean anything. I think that just that turkey is feeling his oats, you know. Right. But um, no, I'm trying to think about finding turkeys. It's really based more off of actual in season scouting, you know. And it's great finding scratching and all that right now, but it's hard to hard to really know whether or not that's going to be something that you can capitalize on come season. Exactly, know? and that's something that I, I was talking to another fellow the other day, and he was talking about you know he was going to be scouting some areas and stuff. I think I don't know he was talking a little bit of both public land and private land that he'd never been to, and he was like, I'm riding around you know see if I can find some, and and like you said, it's. You kind of got to read the flock that you're with um, or that you see if you see some birds. I don't necessarily go around looking for turkeys because, I mean, oh, I saw a gobbler. You know, I saw six gobblers in a group right here, you know, riding around. I'm going to come back and hunt it, you know, come March. I'm thinking, you know, 
well, you know, that might not be where they're at. You know, they're, they're, they're going to do a little moving, a little depends on what you see where where they're at. But like you said, when you start seeing that co-mingling going on, and um, and our buddy Gary, I was on the phone with him the other day. He said, I saw, man, I saw a couple out there strutting the other day and got his heart pumping real good. And, you know, he was, he said, I drove down the road a little bit. I don't know what the weather was like that day, but he saw one strutting by himself. And I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're got that little feeling going on. Um, but, um, oh, yeah. but another thing you said, and that's something that I'd never done until now, um, that was kind of brought to my attention by another fella that, um, hunting kind of based off like the mass crop or something like that, you know, kind of stuff that, that makes so much sense. And, and, and like where, you know, will they be in hardwoods or will they be, you know, somewhere else, you know, if, and instead of spending too much time with stuff in an area that didn't produce much this season. And we have, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of knowledge on whether it did or didn't, you know, maybe I need to not be hanging around those areas that much and do, you know, a 10 minute little research and try to figure out, you know, a little cruise through and figure out that, that these acres drop as much as they usually do or, or something like that. I'm going to try to do that a little bit more this year. And, and, um, and like you said, that's yeah, 90% well, of us time for dang turkeys. Yeah. I mean, there's been uh, here recently, I've been, whenever I have, I'll call it like a group of hens or something. I pay real close attention to what they're eating mm-hmm. because you've got nothing else to do but watch them. You know, when you've got hen, a hen around you or multiple hens or whatever. So I real pay real close attention to it. And a lot of the stuff that they seem to be eating is either on the ground or a lot of the times it's those, I don't know if they're eating fresh buds or whatever it is, but that little, that young successional growth, like two feet or lower, mm-hmm. you'll see those, you'll see those little bitty green buds on the end of a stick and, or the, the branches or whatever. And they, they, they pick those off a lot. And I've really kind of honed in these last few years on those spots that are, you say you, you've got, it's, it's not necessarily thick, but you've got, you know, knee down growth. Mm-hmm. And there always seems to be turkeys in those kind of areas. Right. Or right on the edge of water where they can pick up those little, I don't know if it's microbes or, I don't, man, I have no idea what they eat. Because you, you check a turkey's craw and it's got a, a plethora of all kind of stuff, you know, green to, to crustaceans to snails and crickets and grasshoppers and worms and I mean, I think they eat everything, kind of like a deer. I, I'm with you on but, it, but um, but not nah, and just kind of keeping up with those characteristics. And and I, I mean, very rarely do I clean a turkey and not check a scrawl, no matter what part of the country I'm in, and trying to figure out for the next bird, you know, where is it? Where did this one go this morning? You know, before you know, I finally heard him at eleven o'clock, or um, or just kind of observing yeah. little things like that. And, and I I love just you know throwing conversations like that out with folks that also think the same way of just that, you know, peculiar, just, you know, just the, I ain't going to call that part the obsession of, of turkey hunting, but even in a deer stand, you know, you're, you're honed in on a, on a dang group of hens and trying to, you know, dial your binoculars down to see what they're picking at and, and actually using it, you know, and just the, the wonderings. And I think that, you know, that, that, that pays off dividends in the spring. Yeah, I mean, I, I've killed turkeys with lizard tails really? in their 
corral. I've killed turkeys with little that's just packed full of little blue like flower petals. Oh yeah. Um, a baby crawfish. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't know how you would ever pick out a specific food that they eat. I think it's just they're opportunistic more than anything. Yep. So as far as narrowing down a food source, so like if it's small enough they can swallow it, they'll eat it. Yeah. Yeah. But nah, yeah, that and and the the cover aspect and and he threw out a word there that I I I I connect to a lot is the word adjacent. And that means, you know, you're you're talking about edges and stuff like that and, and stuff next to, not necessarily across from. Um I try to find, you know, when it comes down to finding any kind of, kind of terrain, I look for that, you know, something adjacent to water, something that's got water next to it that they can kind of follow along instead of cross through. Um, you know, some good hardwoods, yep. good food sources, stuff like that. And and really a, a turkey's gonna be a turkey and I've killed and been busted by turkeys in wide open arboids as well as rabbit patches as well as creek bottoms to freaking uh shelves on a mountain it don't matter they'll 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 find places that where you least expect it and you can near about if you don't bet a dollar on anything it's going to be they'll find a way around whatever you expect but it, it always helps to know kind of where they like to hang out and um and and the folks that usually kill kill a good bit of turkeys are, are real good at figuring that out before the season and and just spur of the moment stuff too um i mean there's a lot of i've left a lot of boot tracks in the woods and there's a lot of places my boots have never touched and probably more than anything um it's just kind of being able to sit there and go hmm this don't make sense i don't you know that's probably why i ain't here in a turkey i wouldn't if i was a turkey i wouldn't be here or if i was a turkey i'd roost right yeah. here you know <laughs> yeah i found some of those trees that are like perfect you think, man, if there was ever a roost tree where a whole flock could get up in the middle of this pine thicket, it'd be right here, and you'd never see a turkey right yep. there. They'll, uh, and then they'll be roosted off, you know, 100 yards off in a 15-foot pine tree with the limbs bowed over. Yep. And they're bouncing all night long in the wind. It's just... I was doing that exact thing the day I was looking at trees, and I was in my dang yard. I was actually looking at a squirrel or something. I was doing some stuff on a fence and looked up and I was like, man, if I was a turkey, I'd roost in that limb. And I was like, well, no, nah, if a turkey was a turkey, he'd roost over here in these little flimsy looking bowed out twig looking <laughs> limbs, you know, sitting the one, you know, bouncing up and down. Like you said, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Just when you think you got it figured out, whatever makes sense. Sometimes they'll throw a curveball mm-hmm. left and right, but that's how, it, that's how it goes. And that's what makes it fun. Speaking right. of, uh, I guess this would be a little bit of, Coming off the the scouting topic, um, something that I know you've got a a knack for, and this is something that I ain't got no, much of a clue on at all, is um, well, I do love swamp gobblers, and I love hunting swamp gobblers, and that if I could pick anywhere to hunt, it'd be in a you know a Mississippi swamp, but um, but I'm not a kayak guy or P-Row guy or however you want to call it. I know a lot of folks are kind of either getting into it or been doing it for years. Is one of those things that I feel like you've got to probably try it out, mess it up a few times, and figure out how how to best go about that route. But I have seen, you know, just keeping up with you, being friends over the years, that that you utilize a kayak or any type of method to to kind of float down a river, or a creek, or something like that to get to a certain spots. And um, I think that'd be a, a real cool, you know, just conversation, just entail on how you kind of go about that or. The, the preparations you take, what you bring with you, and, and when you get in the dang thing, how you know how long do you kind of allocate towards getting down a river or something like that or trying to get in there, how to get in there quietly, all that good stuff. 
that that is the the most beautiful thing about a kayak or a piro or a canoe, whatever you want to use to get in, is the the silent factor. I mean, it's you make zero noise other than the water dripping off the end of the paddle. That's and you can paddle underneath a turkey. Um, and I I don't know this to be a fact, but I think they don't quite understand what it is. It's kind of like a deer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this relates back to deer. You can paddle right by a deer with you sitting in a kayak, and they're just they just kind of look at you like they can't quite figure it out. And I think they see a lot of stuff that floats down rivers and creeks, and it may be odd looking to them, but it's not enough to really spook them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can confirm that as soon as you step up out of that kayak and stand lateral or whatever the word is for it, they will immediately, uh, flush and they'll be out of there. Yeah. Deer trekking no matter what. So, yeah, they, 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 they catch on real quick, um, when you stand up. But, um, a lot of it is just, it's out of necessity. You know, you can, there's a lot of places where I can wade and cross and that's people call it stupid and i agree it probably is stupid but a lot of times i'm using i'm wearing some old like walmart ten dollar pair of you know khaki colored or black tennis shoes Mm -hmm. and just wade the water because it's too deep for hip boots but the water's not cold so you just you just get wet you know it's not gonna hurt you it's not cold enough to really bother you it may be a little chilly, but you'll be just fine when you get up on the other side. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just necessity having to, having to put in at a boat ramp. There's been several times where I've had to put in a boat and throw a kayak in the boat, which my little hunting kayak is just a 10 footer. Mm-hmm. So it fits perfect in my 16 foot boat. I throw that in the boat and go as far as I can with the motor. Drop, uh, anchor the boat off, drop the kayak in, and go the rest of the way and get most of the time past the turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to be on the back side of where the majority of the traffic, human traffic, is going to be coming from because it seems like that's a lot of the times that's the, what, the direction the turkeys are going to go when they pitch out. Just because, you know, a lot of these public turkeys, they already know the gig oh, yeah. before daylight even hits. So a lot of it's just getting past them. Um, like I said, most of these turkeys in these river bottoms, they roost close to water. So you can, I will drop my head. If I know he's right above me, I'll just keep paddling. Even if I've roosted him and know he's kind of in this area. And I know roosted is kind of a controversial term, but if I know he's in this creek bottom somewhere, I do not care. I'll paddle right underneath him, keep going past him, get under two or hoop. 100, 200 yards past him, and then get out of the kayak, come back towards him a little bit, mm-hmm. if I can do it, depending on which litter and all that. But um, that's that's pretty much the basis of it. And throwing a kayak, I mean, throwing a turkey on the front of a kayak or a boat is, I don't know why it's so cool, but it's, it's pretty cool when you can throw one up there on the front. That is cool. And paddle out. That's something I've always wanted to do. Like I said, I don't know why it's so cool, but every time it happens, I'm like, man, this this is where it's at. Man, that's a I bet that's a good good ride out. Oh yeah, that's great. It's 
it's like it's anything else. You could throw them on the front of a four-wheeler or in the back of a truck and, or throw them over your shoulder, but for some reason, just throw them up there and I guess looking at them while you're paddling out, just it seems to be a little bit different. Man, it's something I've, I, I think if I could probably – that's that if it's funny that you have a list or check-offs or, you know, bucket list almost, you know, killing one, you know, out of a kayak, doing all that or – or, you know, at least getting on one, you know, that'd be, I mean, that's just so cool to me. And I'm one, something, if I ran into you at a gas station, you know, down the road, that was going to be something I asked you. And another one was the dang tennis shoes. I remember seeing you in some tennis shoes and I was thinking, mm, that's actually the best idea I've probably ever seen is toting a pair of that. And I, I, I did have, I had a pair of Crocs in my vest this year. Uh, I don't remember where I was at, but they came in handy more times than I, I could count and, just kind of getting in there and like, well, you know, I mean, it beats having just soaking wet boots or, or like if they're taller than hip boots, I ain't wearing waders in the woods. I mean, I will. I have before to turkey hunt. <laughs> but um, but especially if you just kind of, you know, getting across the creek to, to then start the hunt, um, you know, a, a $10 pair of tennis shoes and a vest don't take up much room and they can come in handy. And Yeah, I mean, I've. There's so many times, especially in these river bottoms where you've got a bunch of slashes and whatnot, um, you're going to be, if you want to get to the dry ground where the turkey is, you got to wait. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these slashes are waist deep. You just, you know, these, like the Mossy Oak Kitty Creek pants that I always wear, mm-hmm. they dry out so fast. They'll be dry within an hour. You just nut up and, you know, exactly. put your phone in your, in your, in your, chest pocket and lay it across and get on his side and that's um, uh that's i don't a big... know it, 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 it honestly you get up there about mid to late april when it's when it can be hot it actually is pretty refreshing getting off on that water a little bit you just gotta watch the water mark yeah. be looking for some excuses to have yeah. to get across the creek that's right <laughs> um but no that's a and that's that's one of those things that you know you kind of you do it, and if there's a turkey gobble on the other side of the creek, there ain't there ain't much question. There is no how do I get around this creek? Is how to, how which way through this creek's the fastest I can get over here uh, and slip up I'm in sorry. there in, in his woods. Um, adrenaline no. conquers all fears, in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you forget water marks. Yeah, you don't exist. Even feel that water. You know, <laughs> I have I have yeah. went in there yeah. uh, across some creeks before and 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 been on the walk out and you know shot a turkey and. You know, knew that. I mean, it's almost like you you black out there for a second. I feel like you know. I'm like, well, you know, I'm wet up a little bit. You know, up to about my belt. And I, I had to cross some creeks. You know, I'm I'm sitting here. You know, I got my eyes set on a tree or something like that. I'm trying to get to. You know, I kind of make a landmark and make my way towards it so I don't turn around or anything between gobbles. And I'll be, you know, kind of I'll sit there and I'll either wind up killing turkey or or not. And I'll be like, well. I must have crossed some creeks or something, and now I got to go back and toting a turkey. I'm thinking, man, I don't know what I was thinking, but this is water moccasin haven up in here. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can at least find another way out. You know, now that I'm back to my senses, back to normal human instincts of fight or flight. This is a dumb idea, Hunter. Why'd you do this? Well, it was worth it. You look back, but I got to find a new way to yeah, get across. Yeah, I go to now. Walmart every year. Yeah, I go to Walmart every year about this time and get a new set of off color, you know, neutral color tennis shoes. Cause after, after a full season turkey hunt, they get kind of crusty and stiff. Man. So you get your pair of, you know, 
Walmart tennis shoes and get after it. Shoot you. But, um, you know, you can just watch the water moccasins. As long as you don't step on them, you'll be fine. You can walk right up next to them, but you step on them, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and that's... You keep your eyes you're going to be in trouble if they walk up next to one. Now, by say, the hunt might be busted regardless if you're with seals. Seals, seals ain't no fan of. I, I tell them all the time. I say seals. How many times we've been hunting, and how many times you really stepped on a snake? <laughs> but he's he's like, it don't take a one. I keep uh, I take I keep two seven and a half shots in my turkey bag. Strictly for snakes. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal. Yeah, that's my granddad growing up. He always carried a little twenty-two pistol on, on his hip, little bear cat. With twenty two shorts, he pop every one of them he got close to. He did not. He don't like them either. But I just kind of learned to work around them. If I can see them, I'm fine. It's that startle factor. They startle me. That's when I'm gonna buy them. <laughs> we, uh, me and my buddy Cody Riley, we're, we we had found a turkey one day. This has been probably five six years ago on a little pipeline. And there's a ditch that runs right along the edge of the pipeline. We get we were gonna get down in the ditch and go cut him off, you know, get about 40 yards from him and then pop up out of the ditch and pop him. Well, we got to the, we were walking down this little, little, I guess it was like a fire lane type ditch. We were crawling down it and we got to a spot where all the leaves had kind of piled up where a stick had come across and, and we were sitting there and we got up to the edge of it and we're kind of hiding behind it. And my buddy Cody is definitely afraid of snakes just like you are. And he, he just jumped up and took off running back where we were, where we came from. And of course, turkey putted and took off. And he was like, "Who's a snake? Who's a damn snake right in front of me?" I looked up and there was a huge cottonmouth, just perfectly blended, coiled up right on top of this pile of leaves, about about two feet from my face mm. the whole time. And I never, I was so focused on that turkey, I was looking right over the top of that snake. But yeah, it's uh, you can you can get yourself in by real quick. You're not careful, but well, no. like I said, a lot of times early early in the season like that, it's cool weather out. They they couldn't move if you headed them on the head, right? You know? Yeah, I've come, that's what I'm hoping. Oh yeah, I've, I've yet to come across one that kind of proved me wrong, but I have. You know, I've, I'll see them, and it's a good 42 degrees outside or something, and you're walking, and you kind of you almost step on one, and you you're kind of like, well. I don't know how quick he is. I'll just walk behind him, and, and he don't even move. You know, he's his blood's frozen yeah. on the inside, I feel like. And, I, and mm-hmm. I've actually seen people, I, I don't encourage this, don't try this at home, people, but people will grab them and, you know, move them out the way if they need to for their buddy to get across or something like that. I'm like, well. Yeah, there's plenty enough woods. I'll go around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you grab that sucker like by the tail and whip him like a whip and break his neck mm-hmm. real quick. He'll be good to go. That's all you need. I will say I came across a rattlesnake probably two years ago, and I'm not, I'm not one that'll, that'll, you know, a waste a turkey shell on a snake or b ruin a hunt. But it was, it was like I think it was last weekend. It was you know April twenty something probably, probably the last time I'm hunt this place. This is on private land, and um, I had had a turkey goblin in a hollow, and he was kind of making his way towards the neighboring place, and I was going to try to see if I could at least get to that line before he got there, and. On the way there, he and he hadn't gobbled much. I don't, you know, I'm not positive he hadn't already made it there. But the last gobble out of her was probably a good, probably seven or eight minutes before, and I think I got on my feet, um, probably uh, within thirty seconds of that last gobble. Once I kind of got the direction he was going, um, 
and I was kind of headed around this ridge, and I came across. Uh, it was, you know, it's it's warmer towards the end of April in Mississippi, and and I saw this joker laid out across the road, and I, I man, he was every bit of six feet, and I didn't, you know, just sit there and, you know, try to step him off to see, you know, how exactly how long he was, but I was sitting there, and he wasn't moving much, and then he got to moving a little bit, and he never rattled at me or nothing like that. Um, but I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, man, I don't. I was really going to kind of sit on that tree or sitting real close to it. And this is, you know, in late April, they got those little little mini trees looking things growing up everywhere. It's just a little sprout with some five or six big leaves on top, almost like a, you know, a little roof. And, you know, you'll see them. It's probably a week out of every season where there's nothing but that on the, on the ground, just these little sprouts coming up. And they're all in sync with each other. It's just flush across. And it's almost like a little, you know, a little floor. And then you got the – you know, it's just covering every up everything on the actual, you know, leaves underneath. And he got under those, and I was thinking, man, I was not too nervous about that snake when I could see him. But now that I'm, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm within three feet and I can't see him, I might, I might mm-hmm. wasting a shell on him. I said that turkey can live the next season. Um, yeah. I, I looked up and he was about three feet on the other side. I said, I don't know how he got there between these, you know, three minutes of me looking at him and then, you know, trying to cut or crow call or something to get that turkey to gobble one more time to see if he, I was like, well, that turkey went on the other side. I'm I'm not about to risk it. You know, if there is a better tree, I can yeah. probably sit on, but no, nah, I had to dispatch him. I Never. I don't think I ever went back to go even see if that turkey made it through the season. So saved, uh, saved my either. leg. And no love lost. That's right. I got a question. Go ahead, Seals. I got to ask most people this. What all uh, is in your turkey vest? I know you hunt light um, just because of the, the kayak and all that, but what do you keep in your vest? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got a vest, but mm, probably nine times out of ten, I don't even tote it. I've got a uh, a bino harness. I always carry binos mm-hmm. no matter what kind of hunting I'm doing. But I've got a bino harness that's made by Alf that is – it's made it's like an nwtf version mm-hmm. or whatever like a, a, a style and it's got little side pockets on it for mouth calls it's got a pouch that comes with it on the side for a box call i use it for a, to carry my water mm-hmm. and then it's got webbing on the bottom that i clip my thermosil to and then on the back the back pocket in between the binos and your chest there's a spot for a mouth i mean a pot call and two strikers and that's where I keep that. And other than that, I've got a little dump pouch that clips onto the side of that. And I can put, you know, crackers or, or my little turkey tote in there. But honestly, that's about all I carry is mouth. I mean, uh, calls, my binos, some food if I need it, and then that water bottle. And um, I usually sit just on the ground. Because I'm not one to really sit for multiple hours on to a turkey. Um, I'll sit to a turkey if he's gobbling. I'll set up on him, and if I don't kill him within an hour, I'm moving, trying to figure out something else. I get kind of aggressive on a turkey, especially on a public ground. Man, it, it, you can absolutely kill him for you know sitting there half a day. My granddad granddad is a testament to that, but I, I don't have the patience for it. Um, aside from that, I've got my face mask and my gloves and my camera and my shotgun. That's it. 
Um, if I if I carry my best, it's because I'm going on a I'm striking out all day, and then I've got all of what I just talked about plus food. That's mm-hmm. it. Because I need I love eating. You know, I'll take my little like camp stove, the little like the jet boil type thing. Oh yeah, and I'll take a a freeze dried meal. And just at lunch, I'll crank that sucker up, pour some of my water bottle in there, get some water boiling, and cook that, sit down for an hour, and just kick back and take a nap. But like I said, most of the time, my my poor vest is just sitting in the truck, rotting. Just hanging out. But nice. Yeah. Minimalist, that's the best way to go. Um, my vest probably don't have much more I than just, that. Over just the yeah, I mean, the, over the years, I've just gotten kind of the point where I don't use really anything other than my shotgun and, of course, face mask gloves, maybe a turkey coat if I kill one, and the calls, and that's pretty much it, or binos, yep. you know? So all that extra stuff, I just, I got tired of toting that around. Of course, that on your back and your shoulders kind of makes you sweat more. And I don't know. To each his own. I just... I don't sit there long enough to really need a seat cushion or anything like that. Of course, it, it can be a pain in your butt, but I just deal with it. Yeah. You just swap cheeks every now and then. And it, it tends to go away pretty quick. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, I, I know one year I, I got a – I don't remember what the brand was, but it was a newer vest, and I used to use the the four-pocket Mossy Oak vest, strap vest. It's just got – and I'm, I'm not big on compartments. I like an open – my slate call and my mouth call pouch and my if I got a box call, my box call is all in one pocket, you know, rumbling around. A lot of times that just that back pocket is a is a throw it in there, throw and go kind of deal and and I bought one that had all the compartments. It had a, a compartment for the thermosil. I didn't have a thermosil, I had to go buy a thermosil though. I had a thermosil pocket, I had to go get one and put it in there and it's got two water <laughs> bottle holders. Well now I need two water bottles and well, this is a perfect spot for my long box call that I didn't have. I better go buy me a long box call to put in this pocket. <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. be walking through the woods, and I sounded like a dang herd of turkeys or Brahma Bull One trying to walk through everything, slipping around, running into everything. I weigh probably 200 pounds, which for me was an extra 60. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a couple of turkey stories I want to tell from last year. Come on with them. If y'all want to hear them. Heck, yeah. Uh one of them was the old turkey I called the flu ghost because I'd heard him several times over probably five, four or five hunts. And I never did lay eyes on him, but just the way that the, those bottoms roll, you know, there's a ridge like every 50 yards. And mm-hmm. It's not really a ridge. It's more of like a, a little roll that's five, six, eight feet high, and it drops back down to the bottom. Well, either, long story short, I'd never really gotten into him. I, I played with him, but he had a pile of hens with him. One morning I got in, and I got real close to kind of the area that him and his hens had been roosting. And I got there, and it got to be daylight, and it was like 30 minutes after daylight. Nothing was really happening. I'd been staying in the same spot for a while. And I took a step, and a hen putted. Mm. I was like, God, dog. She was like right off to my left about probably 50, 60 yards in a tree. I'm like, all right. So I just stood still for a while, another probably 15, 20 minutes. And she cut one time and pissed out 
away from me about 100 yards. Well, when she cut, he kind of choke gobbled, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't really want to, but he couldn't help it. I was like, all right. So I, I stood there for, I don't know how many, it was a while, and all the turkeys pitched out. And, of course, I, I had kind of seen where he had gobbled from, and I saw him pitch out. So they pitched out and about 100, 125 yards out into the bottom in front of me, and they were in a little dip. So I crawled out, hands and knees, right to where that gobbler was sitting. It was a big pine tree in the middle of hardwoods. And I crawled up, and I sat down under that tree right there. And I called a little bit, and nothing happened, and I could hear the hint, the turkeys out there kind of working around. I, ca- I, kept, I just kept kind of real soft, like, seductive type stuff mm-hmm. i wasn't trying to piss any hens off and get them to drag him away well eventually she started piping up and she started getting pissy so i, I matched her tone and sure enough she started working towards me and the whole time he's gobbling i mean gobbling his brains out everything she said he gobbled his brains out but everything any other hen in that whole bottom he wouldn't say a thing and he wouldn't say a thing to me either well that hen got over to me she ended up working into like 20 yards right in front of me. She's looking for me and can't, you know how they'll be that fast walking, just the whole time she's coming in and I'm like, all right, well maybe she'll drag him over here. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching her and she gets to right in front of me, like 10, 12 yards. She's pecking these little buds off these little bushes and stuff. And eventually she starts going back towards him. So I hit her with a, and she immediately turns and she answers me and comes right back to me. Well, we go back and forth. And, of course, the whole time, every time she says something, he's gobbling back there. So I'm guessing she's, you know, lead him. Mm-hmm. So every time she starts easing off towards him, I hit her with something. She comes right back to me. I just keep her in my pocket for it's got to be close to an hour, I'm guessing. It was a long time. And, and eventually he breaks and the whole plot starts coming to me. And it ended up he got on a ridge about probably 25, 30 yards in front of me. And he, he's just – he never broke strut right in front of me. He's working I'm, – I'm a lefty these days, and he's working back to my left. So I'm kind of creeping and I'm making sure she's not seeing me. And every time she starts to leave, I call her back in, and I'm keeping her in my pocket the whole time. He, he eventually he gets to, like – 25 and a perfect opening and I put at him one time and stretched his neck up and I shot him. But the whole thing was keeping that one hen, if I'd have never just kept her there, mm-hmm. and also if I'd have never had a mouth call in, I couldn't have done that because I'd have had to move to get to my slate. That's my, I'm predominantly use a slate call, but finishing them, I like to use a mouth call. Mm-hmm. But that, that whole deal was based off keeping that one lead hen right in my pocket the whole time and she eventually called the whole flock in there. Um, but that was the, the, the secret to killing him. And he wasn't just a tremendous turkey by any means. He's, you know, inch spurs and nine and a half inch beard. He's not some long-hooked monster of the woods like you would imagine the flock bird would be. But either way, we got him. Man, and that's the ones that, and, uh, that's, uh, the ones that mean, the, mean a lot is the ones that, that oh, yeah. really matter. I've never broke yeah. a tape measure out on, on those that have gotten under my skin. You know, I'm thinking, man, is, this is him, this is his body, and that's 
that you know all them encounters you've had and especially one with the had been dubbed a name before um that's those are the ones that it don't you care less if it's six inches or bigger and i hope he's got spurs if he ain't got spurs it don't matter um one of those yeah there was there was one a couple years ago that on this this public island not too far from me that I chased him. He he had a weird hitch in his gobble, so he's real identifiable. Mm-hmm. And it took me a couple of years to kill him. I ended up calling him in one day at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a freaking public food plot. It, it, it towards the end of the season, he I had done everything in the world to kill this turkey, and then all of a sudden, here he is on the edge of this food plot on public ground. I yelped at him with a trumpet, and he came straight to me. I shot him at 30 yards, and I ran out there. He's like 14 pounds and slick-legged as can be. Really? I just knew he was going to be yeah, – oh, yeah, I just knew he was going to be a long-spurred turkey. He's 14 pounds and probably a 8-inch pencil beard. You know, <laughs> just a – just, yeah. Take it just it. happens like that sometimes. You're right. You're exactly right. And I know I've – I've uh... – I don't think I've ever killed one. I've killed a couple with one spur, and I mean some that have been broken off, some you know slick leg. Um, and I've killed, I think I killed one with two spurs on a, on the foot before. And I know, I know Breck or I think Chase has killed one. My middle brother he killed one with no spurs. I know for sure. And and both of them have killed. I don't remember which one of us killed the one with the two little little. It's like a a spur, and then you got one right above it. And I want to say the other one yeah. didn't have a spur at all. It was a you know one leg had two, and the other leg had none. I don't know something like that. We were pretty young whenever that happened. Yeah, it's it's few and far between. But then there's, I mean, Preston used to always say, you know, there's however many days in the season, and there's two days in every season you can kill it. Every, every turkey's the most killable, and that just happened to be one of his days. You know, mm-hmm. he just. Or it could have been something I never saw where he got busted up. You know, Coyote ran through the flock or Bobcat and busted them all up, and I just happened to catch him at that, that right moment, you know. Who knows? Lucky, good, uh, however you want to call it. it. Exactly. If it works out, I'm happy. That's, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, was it the Slew Ghost? Is that the name of the bird? Yeah, the the, the one that I kept his hen yep. in my pocket. I had that yeah, jotted that down. I said, make sure we tell this story because I hadn't heard it. And um, I wanted to make sure. I said, that's going to be a good one. That's pretty cool. Calling up that ball. Yeah, that was a fun one. I would, I would take that type of hunting over anything any day of the week. I, I mean, I love sitting, you know, next to a tree and having a long strutter come in, you know, early season when the ground's open and watching him come in the whole way. And that, I mean, I love that. But I love firing up hens and, and like I said, keep, keeping them in your pocket and, and and I'll sit there and count, and Seal's been with me before, and I feel like sometimes we'll have a hen cut back at us, and he goes, here we go. I'm sitting here counting counting the cuts and trying to log them down. All right, so when they cut 10 times, they're really, really, really pissed off. But if they only cut three times, that means yeah. they're walking, you know, stuff like that. And um, and I'll get going yeah. back and forth, and he's kind of like, man, the gobbler's over here, and I'm still screwing with his hen. Um, but I love stuff like that and getting them, you know, right there in close quarters and, 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 and using that. And I'll, I'll break it down to, I'll try to, I love calling the hens and then waiting for, you know, like you said, just, uh, call it luck, call it whatever you want, but something that, you know, an uncontrollable happening 
uh, an airplane flying over a train going around or something and then sure enough cutting up and making them curious where they got to come lay eyes or or using the when the hen that boss hens you know like you said just the yow, 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 yow. there's long you know long several note ones calling right in the middle of it where they still don't know where it's coming from and getting them right up there in the lap and then if the gobbler comes in that's land yap but most times he does and, and that's when it, it it's the funnest to me that's right and if she gives you eight you know yelps and two cuts i give her nine yelps and three cuts got a tonic copper yeah man it's fun i'm getting getting fired up about it's, it everything is uh me too man i'm most years you know i kind of take february as catching coons and coyotes and bobcats and possums and all that this year i've been doing a little bit of that but the whole time in the back of my mind is just i can't stop thinking about it most most years i'm i'm preoccupied with trapping but this year it's, it's kind of taking me over and i don't really know why you just gotta let it y'all doing some trapping oh yeah yeah we've been pretty hard at it i ain't got but just i, I mentioned the last podcast of only having about 80 acres of private land and i just moved to georgia and I brought the traps with me. Um, Chase and Brett both have some of their own. They're doing some out there in a couple other places. And I grabbed half a dozen or a full dozen and brought with me. And I ain't got them out here yet. I got in here six days ago, I think. See, I know Seals has been out in Mississippi kind of doing the, the normal rounds that we do every year. Yeah, I haven't had uh, a right. good this year that I normally do, but I'm still staying at it. That's good. I was say, hey. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's good, but it kind of it's enjoyable when you check your trap. You know, every day, and yeah. you usually have fun in them every day. Yeah. It's but, been kind of yeah. tough here lately. We've had this huge cold front, you know, lows in the 20s up here. I think they've been dense up pretty heavy, but they're turning up a little bit. Um, last, about two weeks ago, it got real hot. Uh, we had a little bit of warmer weather, and everything started moving better, but I don't know. We're supposed to get another little warm front here later on this week and hoping for some more. Yeah. I like killing the things that eat, eat turkey eggs. You're right. Because uh, eating turkey eggs don't hatch and dead coons don't eat turkey eggs. That's You know, a lot of people, That's right. they try to get on. That is, is it going to save a population? No. But is it, I mean, at the end of the day, dead coons don't eat turkey eggs and, you know, eating turkey eggs don't hatch. So, Something and it's enjoyable. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a good time, and it, it's kind of one of those things that is a, it should I would think should be a given. It's something I hadn't gotten into until probably a couple of years ago. Um, just glad that some folks, you know, just made public knowledge of the the benefits and shoot us. And I've I've seen it firsthand. You know, just on that little bit of land we got, and and, and with some we used to have, and you know, we'll get out there trying to time it right and. Places I ain't never seen a, a poult follow him around, and some places that I wouldn't really imagine poults being. And and I know whether it be me or one of Chase's cameras or, or Breck out there doing something in the you know July time or so, something like that. And you can tell they're still poults and kind of different from the hens, about that size. And I'm thinking, I mean, could be could be coincidental, but you know, we did hit this you know little little spot pretty hard or the nesting area of this spot pretty hard and we never seen this many poles around and it might not be but you know six or eight but that's a pretty daggum good bit in my book when you're seeing one or two around that time of year with a hen exactly 
I mean, it can't. It certainly can't hurt. I don't. Exactly. I don't care what any anybody any study shows. If if you got less mouths on the feed on the uh, landscape to feed, then you're you're just obviously going to have more birds. Right. Now I know there's a lot of predators, avian <laughs> predators, and whatnot, and snakes can't really do much about. But if if I mean just one less thing, I mean even bobcats killing adult turkeys. Yeah. You got more hands to make it or long beards. I mean, it's just, it's natural. It's, they're going to, it, it's going to produce more turkeys. Oh, yeah. So and it's, I, it's, I, um, I think I love to see somebody buying, you know, half a dozen DPs if that's all, nothing else. It's, it's, it's in the right direction, at least, in my book. Right. And it's, right. um, a lot of places like public ground, you can't do anything about mm-hmm. habitat, you know. You just, all you can do is trap predators and, hey, by all means, get out there and do it. Yep. Because you're not hurting anything by doing it. Exactly. And um, not a bad way to do a little scouting either. Getting Dang right. If you're birds. in spots where coons and, and possums and coyotes are, you're in spot where turkeys and deer, quail, and everything else are. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's see. I, I got, I'm out of bullet points. Y'all got anything extra to throw in there? Not that I can think of on me. No, not really. Just get after it. I mean, yeah. get it, you know. Here in Mississippi, we start March 15th. So get out there. Weather pending. If it's if it's super cold and all that, beginning of March this time, maybe lay off the property. But if you can get to a spot where you can hear a certain piece of property from the road, certainly doesn't hurt they're going to be doing their thing whether you're there or not yep so i I, but personally i like to wait till you know we get those mornings at daylight in the 40s that tends to be the best gobbling especially early season Mm -hmm. and of course you'll hear you know multiple gobblers probably grouped up together and him not far from them but early season hey if you know where those gobblers are and you know where the hens are just get them clamped you don't say a word Right place, Turn right off. time. You can, you can kind of manifest yep. that if you if you know where you're at and know the land a little bit. And that's one of those things that you know every turkey is different. But this year to year, you know the hens usually wind up on this. You know maybe not the exact same area, but close to the same area. And the gobblers usually wind up close to the same area. And you've got that golden week. And sometimes it you know weather pending, like you said, it'll be pushed back a week or something like that. Or they're doing it they're doing their normal thing, but you know, they're just not as vocal kind of dependent on the weather as windy or right. something like that. And you don't really know it, but the, the years when it, when the, when it does line out, right, you know, getting in between them, that's a, that's where a lot of turkeys in that early season are killed. And a lot of two year olds are educated that are alongside that strutter for, uh, for the next few hunts. Yeah, they'll, uh, and, they'll learn tricks real quick, but that's what makes yeah. it fun. Yeah, and, and another little thing, if you can get the closer, if you've got gobblers on your left at, say, 11 o'clock and hens on your right at 2 o'clock, I'd lean more towards that 1130 than I would 1230 because oftentimes those hens are going to hit the ground and go towards the gobblers. Mm-hmm. So the closer you can be, if you're over there, you know, closer to the hens and they're just going to bypass you, you'll never see anything. But if you can get close enough to where you're not spooking the gobblers but you're you're more like say 65 70 percent towards the, the gobblers than you are at hens 
that, that tends to be pretty good early season because let's be honest, early season can be pretty tough. Yep. You don't get them straight off the roost. It's, uh, it's going to be late morning game at best. Yep. That's a good point there, Lane. That's something I ain't never thought of, but that is one of them. Think like a turkey, and it makes all the sense in the world. The hen's going to go to the gobbler. Why split it 50-50, you know? Get closer to that gobbler. Yeah. That's right. That's a good point. I'm going to write that down in my notes. No, nah, that's some good stuff, buddy. We'll uh, – Seals, how many – we got the open season countdown. We got the correct days. I know he, he mentioned March 15th. How long are we away from that? I don't even know if I want to hear because I know George is after that. We are 34 days until opening day. 30? Ooh. Mm. About to turn the mm. week. Inside the month. Mm. I'm fired up. Yep. That kind of hit me a little different than the 50s and however 60 days we've been talking about the past couple podcasts. That, that kind of made it real right there. Yeah, you start breaking that month month away. It's, it's things, especially with deer season being over with. Yep. Getting real now. It turns to weeks and then won't be long, it'll be turning to days. Oh, I meant to tell you today. Yeah. This weekend, me and my buddy Eli went and shot some kind of pattern shotguns. And I've been shooting I've 20 gauge for quite a few years now, but I had a old, old uh, choke in there and it was a standard lead choke. And I've been shooting TSS with this thing for like five or six years. Mm-hmm. And Lake had messaged me on Instagram and said, dude, you're going to shred that thing to pieces with TSS. And I was like, no, nah, I've been shooting five or six years. The thing pattern's great. Well, I went and bought me an old Dalo and Pen Hody uh, True, Lock, True or, Lock, I think it is, choke. And I went to screw it in today. Well, I couldn't get this thing the old choke out so i took the barrel off and took it up to the shop i had put it in the vice and man when i tell you this thing has been absolutely as lake said shredded hmm. from where the bottom of the threads are halfway up the threads really i mean it's it's no joke i've i've i had no idea i, I didn't know before today or when lake messaged me that this was an issue but I can I can confirm that it is quite an issue. And this thing, I've got it in my hand right now. I'm looking at it. It's curled over like the crimping on a shotgun shell. Really? But yeah, and so PSA: if you if your choke is not tungsten approved, I would definitely check it out. That's a but good. I've got the new choke in the gun, and I'm gonna pattern it here tomorrow, probably on my lunch break. See what it looks like, but. I'm, I'm, Hunter, you want to check your choke. Do what? Do what? Hunter may want to check his choke. Yeah, I need to check my chokes and seals. Seals is the guru on a lot of that, and I'm bad about just grabbing, going, and grabbing some green and red shells and and the long choke and putting (laughs) it in there and getting in the truck. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was my thing. I killed, I don't know how many turkeys with this, this gun and choke combo over. You know, like I said, six, six, five, six years, something like that. But pulling it out and looking at this thing, it's a wonder I ever killed anything. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it does. PSA to anybody else. Makes sense, but I definitely know there's more than a handful of folks out there that are going to be checking their uh, 
chokes kind of thinking, well, I remember switching up to TSS, but I don't remember switching to choke out. So that's a good yeah. bit of information well, right me. there. I, 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 my little, my 870 gauge is, it's my designated turkey gun. And I, I haven't pulled this choke out of this gun, you know, for as long as I've been shooting it, literally 10 something years. And I'm glad I did because I'd, I'd, uh, I'd have been, there's nothing worse. I'd rather miss a 150 inch deer with a bow. Mm-hmm. 18 yards and they ever miss a turkey. So. Well, sometimes I wonder if Seals wishes that, but sometimes he proves that to be opposite. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a gun. has gotten a lot better. I'm missing with you. There you go. Seals has seen me miss a couple. Oh, I missed one last year. When? Missing four times. Well, oh, he's that's pretty good. I mean, one per year, that's not bad. No, I'm missing four times. Oh, yeah, that's that's an issue. But keep us posted on that pattern and land. Uh, listeners, if y'all don't follow old land on social media, he has got some good stories to tell. Yeah, I like, like what you're putting out there, buddy, and it's a pleasure knowing you, pleasure calling your friend, and, and looking forward to seeing how the season unfolds. And, um, and we'll – We'll run into you for long. If not, we'll have to make sure we make it a point to and, and try to grab a hunt in the woods this year. Oh, yeah. Y'all going to be at the NWTF, right? Yep. We'll be there. We'll have a booth. Okay. And uh, we'll do this podcast there. You might hop on in there and hop on another episode. We'll think it's more topics to cover. More brain picking. Simple. Yeah, we'll be there. We're going to we're gonna slide up Saturday, hang out, probably go see Home uh, Stone Central Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Might not see you Sunday morning? Uh, probably not. Yep. <laughs> Might not wake up till 11 o'clock, but hey, we'll be there. That's all right. Good luck this year. I hope y'all whack them and don't miss more than one. We will see. <laughs> I hope I hope, the, hope for the best. <laughs> all right. Y'all take it easy, man. See you, brother. All right, man. We'll see you. See you. All right, folks. We appreciate y'all listening in. As we picked a local legend, Lance Smathers' brain on a few things, and that joker is knowledgeable. Um, like I said, he's about our age, and, and being around folks like Preston Pittman and some old timers that knew, you know, how to read the woods, how to how to work turkeys, how turkeys work, you know, using a scratch box, which I'm actually going to be carrying in the woods with me this year. I, it's one of those kind of trumpet call, wing bone type of, you know, popping noise that just seems to get turkeys to gobble seems to sound like a real turkey not in the you know if you if it's bouncing off a sheetrock in a spare bedroom it, it sounds a little funky you can go in the hardwoods and pop on it a few times and you're like that sounds more like a turkey than anything else i got in my vest but kind of one of those it's an art i feel like you got to be 60 years old to to use it effect- effectively sometimes but i'm gonna be giving it a shot this year and and um and just an all-around good dude land is and I'm I'm glad we were able to get a hold of them seals. Anything oh, yeah. anything else you got to throw in there right before we wrap it up? I think that's it. Awesome. Folks, we appreciate y'all listening in. Uh we'll catch y'all next week for another episode. That'll be our last one before the convention where we hope to get a uh a good roll of, of several different interviews and, and some guests in there and and anything, you know, that particular that, that y'all wanna hear. Feel free to uh, shoot us a DM, let us know about them. And um, and any reviews for those who are listening on Spotify, just clicking that little star on the top left if you click on the show and and that little review right there. 
that means a lot to us if y'all are able to do that leave a good one there and and on apple i know we've been able to leave reviews on there but those are just as appreciated and and stuff like that folks we appreciate y'all spreading the word about the podcast y'all are the reason that we uh we hop on this thing once a week and we're looking forward to a good season with a lot of stories to tell a lot of knowledge to uh to kind of get out there and a lot of stuff to learn from other folks that are better at things that we are and um and and learn from turkeys themselves and kind of do our best to relay it back to y'all with that said we'll see you next week thanks again for listening to the spring legion podcast